Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you Amen. Praise God. It's good to be home. Amen. It's good to be home. This is my house. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Last time I was with you, we had a great time. I shared a message. Uh, go see the prophet. Today we'll be talking about, uh, as, as Tito mentioned it and, and Pastor Rigo mentioned it as well, we'll be talking about fighting, uh, fights and battles and all that good stuff that God allows to bring into our lives. For those people who have them, which is probably every single person in the house, we pray that the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and uh, we be blessed. Amen. Can we stand and pray for the word of God together in Jesus' name? Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this time that you have given us together, God. We thank you, Father, that your holy presence has visited us here today. And Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you, Father, speak through me and use me, Lord God. Allow every single word that comes out of this mouth be directly from your throne. We thank you for all that you're doing in this church. We love you and we honor you. And the people of God say today, amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So throughout time, there's error or whatnot. Um, there's been different events and activities that people have really grabbed onto. And um, this morning, I just want to mention it real quick. It's MMA, and, and that's uh, a way of fighting. For me, it's a little bit too barbaric. That's just for me. What people love to see, I close my eyes and turn my head, and it's just a little bit too much for me. The reason why I said it is because I grew up in the era of Tyson. How many people remember Mike Tyson? Yeah, Remember that? I mean, if you went to go grab a Coke or a drink or you went to the restroom, you might have missed a fight. That's how it was. It was in and out, in and out. I want to let you know that this life is, is dictated by fights. A lot of fights come our way and um, a lot of battles come our way. But I want to let you know that the Bible describes our fight as a good fight. And I want to tell the devil that he's a liar. And I want to claim the truth of God over our lives that it is a good fight. Come on, say that, a good fight. Now, I say that because when you talk about a good fight, both fighters are throwing blows, both fighters fall down, both fighters get back up. Like Tyson's fights were, were just, it was just in and out. It wasn't a good one at all. It was just, it was just a time frame where he just came in and, and did what he pleased, right? But in this Christian life, I want to let you know, man, that there's been times where I've dodged lust, but anger has slapped me in the face. There's been time in my life where, where rejection has hit me right in the face and I've fallen, I've gotten back up, and I've forgiven. It, it's a fight. It comes back and forth, and, and that's why it's a good fight. And with the Lord, he allows us to stand back up. Back up. I want to let you know that in, in this fight, in this world, that no matter what enemy you face, it will be greater than you and larger than you. That's just the bottom line. But greater is he who is in you that is in this world. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. So the minute you try to fight a battle in this world on your own, I want to let you know that you're going to get knocked down and you will not be able to get back up. But in the Lord, and I praise the Lord, that 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says this, fight the good fight of faith. That is what Christianity is labeled, a good fight. 
If you're walking around with your head down thinking that this is a horrible walk and that you're not going to make it, I want to let you know that your eyes might be off the Lord Jesus. Because when our eyes are on Jesus Christ, all things are different. And I praise the Lord for that. So today I want to talk about a a scripture and a story uh, in the second book of Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 1 through about 22-ish. And what we're going to do this morning here is that we're going to go word for word. Like, I mean, we're going to go word for word, verse for verse. It's just that good. This morning, I could probably just read this story and not say anything, and we'll be blessed and leave this house. But I'll put my two cents in as we go along. Amen? Let's start off in verse 1, and, and we're going to be going out of NIV here this morning. It says this, After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Mennonites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Now, I I just want to clear something up here. It does not matter what position you are in. Opposition will always come. It does not matter what position you are in. Opposition will always come. And what does that mean? That this morning, you could have everything in order as the people of God did at this very moment. They, as individuals, had rebuilt the temple, they had placed back worship, they had restored what they had lost throughout their ancestors, and right now they're in a good place. Can you say a good place? And I want to let you know, even though you may be in a good place, the enemy is going to come to rage war. And that's what's happening here in this story. Right off the bat, in verse 1, it's telling you that the enemy is going to come and rage war. I want to let you know, not only because we sin and sometimes we call upon the wars that we're in, but just because God allows certain things to come into our lives to make us better Christians. You know, we sung a song here that I mentioned, to get to the other side. I want to let you know that in that story, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat. He made them get in the boat, knowing that there would be a storm. That's another time and another place, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We can't exclude tribulations despite us being in good places, because no matter what, we will face vast armies. Verse 2 says this. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army, that means greater than us. A vast army is coming against you from Edom. And this is very important because it dictates what kind of fight this was. It came from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already here, pretty much. That's what he's saying. It's already here. They're already in Hezan, and it's already here, but they came from the other side. And I want to let you know this morning that in the Bible, if you look at this story and you look at the exact places, if you go to your Bible in the back where there are maps and everything else, and you search them out and you pinpoint where everything's at, I want to let you know that these individuals that were coming to, to battle against Jehoshaphat were coming from his blind side. They could not see it. And because it came from the blind side, it was right in front of them, and they had no time to pray or prepare. How many of us know that we have those kind of battles in our lives? When we get the diagnosis or something comes to us where we were not prepared for it, Jehoshaphat is faced with a situation that he was not prepared for. King Jehoshaphat was at a place where once they told him that they are coming, he had to make a decision on what he would do. Verse 3 is a clear verse describing how he felt. This is what it says. Alarmed. That means anxious and scared of danger. How many people have ever felt that before? Of course we have. We felt anxious. We felt like it's dangerous. We've been alarmed in our lives. And it says this, alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. You know, there are certain things in our lives that are going to make us resolve to something. 
especially when it's dangerous or it's, it's filled us with anxiety, when there's a battle in our lives, when you're faced with something, we're going to have to resolve to something. And Jehoshaphat teaches us now, that Jehoshaphat in chapter 20 teaches us that the way you battle these fights is through prayer and fasting. That's what it says. We'll read it. It says this, alarm Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and that is prayer. And he proclaimed the fast for all of Judah. And this is how we could make our fights good fights. By seeking the Lord. And giving to the Lord sometimes so that we could seek him and understand what is before us. And I've been in moments in my life where I've been faced with situations that have blindsided me. And this is the situation. It's easy to fight something that's coming your way and you see it coming. It's easy to fight something that God gives you discernment for, that you see the signs and you see certain things in front of you. And you're like, whoa, that's a certain situation we're going to have to deal with. But when something comes from your backside and it's your blindside and it hits you, what do we do? We pray and we fast. It's interesting because Jehoshaphat, he answers textbook. This is textbook. He did an excellent job. But I mentioned that this was Jehoshaphat from chapter 20, not chapter 18. How many of us know that we have chapter 18s in our lives and chapter 16s in our lives and then we have chapter 20s in our lives? Chapter 20 is the chapter of victory because he learned something in chapter 18. Jehoshaphat in chapter 18, he made some mistakes. You know, he joined Ahab and he became alliance with false prophets. And he, was in a, he, he put himself in a situation where Ahab asked him to fight with him. And, and Ahab asked all the priests to come and, and to bring prophecy. And, and Micah was one of, them, of the Lord's prophets to come and prophesy as well. But his prophecy was totally different than everybody else's. And he told Jehoshaphat, do not fight. You will lose men. You will be harmed. Do not fight. And you know what Jehoshaphat did? He fought. That was Jehoshaphat chapter 18. How many of us praise God for our, you know, our Jehoshaphat's chapter 5 and 4 where we learned, right? But the only way he was able to answer this way is because he learned through his mistakes. And some of us, when we look at our mistakes, we don't, we're not supposed to label ourselves with our mistakes. We're supposed to learn from our mistakes, and our mistakes are there so that we could step on them and we could use them as, as issues in our lives so that we could learn from the Lord. And declare God's goodness and shame the devil. And what he meant to harm us, God turned for good. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. And I want to let you know that Jehoshaphat in chapter 18 was facing a battle that was not his. It was not his fight to battle. I want to let you know this morning to not fight things that God has not set before you to fight. You need your energy to fight your own battles. Listen, as a pastor, it is very hard, you know, to, to deal with so many issues within the church and hold back and recognize when it's time for us to stop because the Lord wants to do something in their lives and we just got to see them go through a process. And no matter what we say or what we do, they're not going to hear it and they're not going to receive it. And it's very difficult because you see their actions, you see their thought process. But sometimes as individuals, as much as you love your husband and as much as you love your children and as much as you love your ministry, sometimes it's just not worth it. You cannot fight it because you're going to drown yourself. You're going to carry things you're not supposed to carry 
You're going to put burdens on your shoulders that aren't supposed to be there, that they are too heavy and you weren't created to carry everybody's problems and everybody's battles. And God was telling Jehoshaphat, this isn't your battle to fight in verse 18, in chapter 18. And because Jehoshaphat was Jehoshaphat and because Pastor Leo is Pastor Leo and Pastor Rigo is Pastor Rigo, we want to fight and we're going to fight and we're going to go after it and we put ourselves in a situation where we're not supposed to be in and then there's consequences that shouldn't be. That was Jehoshaphat chapter 18. And we thank the Lord for chapter 18 because in chapter 20, he, he responds, right? his response, what he resolves to is prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. Now watch this. Let's get to verse 4 and verse 5. We're going to read these together. The people of Judah came together. Somebody shout people. It's important for you to find yourself amongst safe people. Safe people. Chapter 18, and Jehoshaphat surrounded himself with not the very... People that you want to label as safe people. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Look who they're after now. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord. Not only with safe people, but in a safe place. I want to let you know that when you are faced with a battle or you are in a fight of your life, it matters who you surround yourself with and who you go to and where you go to. It's the safe people you get around and the safe places you come to. It's to be in the house of the Lord with the family of God to battle your fights. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Position yourself in a safe place with safe people. It says that Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard, this beautiful place that they've established, here they come because the enemy is coming. Now they're going to establish themselves in the place they need to be. I want to encourage you that this is a safe place. This is the house of the Lord. This is where you come to inquire of the Lord. Yes, you have a relationship as an individual, but as a corporate body and as a body of Christ, God has called us to fight our battles together with safe people. Look over to the person next to you and tell them, be a safe person. So Jehoshaphat starts to pray. Here he comes. He comes before the people. It's a battle that is a vast army. And he comes before the people. He comes in the courtyard. And I just want you to hear his prayer. This is a Jehoshaphat that had been refined, and look at what comes out of his mouth. He says this, and he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? I just love the way he starts his prayer because he doesn't even recognize the enemy. He starts off in his prayer. He doesn't start his prayer off by saying, God, I wasn't ready for this. Look at the people that are following us here. Look at this army. Look at this situation. Look at my family. He, he didn't start off with the problem. 
He started off giving God the glory that he deserves and recognizing the power and the might that God has. And that's the way we have to approach the throne. We have to approach the throne giving God glory and understanding that he is greater than the great army that we are facing. Give him glory right now. Give him glory. Amen. He says you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. This is how he approaches God. And when all the people are before him, this is what comes out of his mouth. He says, power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. Look, look how beautiful, look, look at the confidence he has. I've been through situations in my life, man. Some situations that, like, like we talked about in, in, this, in this fight that has knocked me down. And the minute I get up, the first thing I want to do is, is mention what I'm fighting. Think about the last time you prayed for a problem. The problem probably came out first. But Jehoshaphat teaches us that it's the power of the Lord and the glory of God that we must declare first than anything else so that we can tell our spirits to relax and we can preach to ourselves and tell us, hey, God is in control. He is the God of the heavens and the earth. He is the one that allowed the situation to come. He is sovereign. He is in control. Jehoshaphat is declaring God's power. That's good. Verse 7, I think we're on, correct? Oh, our God, did you not drive out? Somebody say, did you not drive out? I want to let you know that if he did it before, he can do it again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he declares God's goodness and his glory because that's who he is. And then he, he remembers, he reminds. In the book of Psalms, chapter 103, verse 5, it says, Do not forget, hallelujah, bring into memory, declare once again the mercies and the goodness of God. That's a reason that they say that in the Bible. So he says, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? We are a friend of God. And I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, an individual that, that brings them down to my level. And I want to be reverent because that's who God is. But this is a relationship. This is a friendship. And he says, did you not drive them out for your friend? And if you understand today that you are a friend of God, then he drives out your enemies. The Bible says that if he did it before, he can do it again. And I want to let you know today, if you could remember where he took you out of, the things that you were in bondage, what you are facing today is absolutely nothing. So remember what he has done for you. And I want, I want to give you just a second or two just to remember all the good things that God has done for you. The fact that you're here today and breathing is very good. The, the reason you walked in through these doors here today, you're still fighting. Give the Lord glory for that. Amen? Think of what he's done for you and give him praise. Think of what he's done for you and give him praise. Who you used to be and who you are today. <laughs> Tito better say yes real loud because I know him from the back in the days. Like where you were. Where you once were and where you are today, man. Remember those things. Remember all the battles that God has taken you through and all the times that you've been hitting, you've gotten back up and you've hit back and you've seen God do glorious things. Remember those things. 
His promises are forever. He is your friend. Verses 8 and 9 says this. But before we read this, I, I just want to drop this into your spirit. Come whatever. Come whatever. Come whatever battle. Come whatever situation. I just want to, I just want to drop that in your spirit here today. Come whatever. God, come whatever. Listen to this verse. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword or judgment or plague or famine, listen to what they said. We will stand. Shout stand. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stand in this battle. Come calamity. Come whatever situation. Come anything that comes our way. We know, oh God, that we will stand in your presence. That's how we could stand. In his presence. We could only stand in his presence. We cannot stand on our own might and our own strength. But we could stand on the presence of our heavenly father. The problem is, is when we try to stand on our own against these battles and these fights. We must seek the Lord, but it says we will stand in your presence. That's one thing we could do. The second thing we could do, it says we could stand before your presence, before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out. Number two, those are two things you could do. Stand and cry out. Hallelujah. Listen, I am a firm believer in prayer. Man, I, I am a firm believer in that. I believe that it's an art that's been lost in the church as we do so many activities and we forget about prayer. And I want to let you know that that's communication with God, and that's where you build intimacy with God. You don't, build in, you don't build intimacy with God when you give somebody a plate of food. That's a service unto the Lord. You bless the Lord with that. Intimacy comes through prayer and talking to God. Get a couple here today, a married couple. And I, I, I don't want you to do this, but I challenge you not to speak to each other for a couple days and see how that relationship goes. It'll be rough. It's the same thing with the Father. He desires you. You should desire him as well. Praise the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that he is a God who desires us. Amen. So it says, stand in your presence before the temple. That's one thing to do. And the second thing to do is to cry out. To cry out. It says they cry out to you in our distress. And listen to what the Father does. And you will hear us. Hallelujah. The Bible says that as you cry out, his ear is inclined to the one who cries out. I want to let you know that if you don't talk to him, his ear is not inclined to you. His ear is inclined to the one who speaks. It says you will hear us. But not only you will hear us, oh God, you will save us. <laughs> man, this is, this is something else, man. This is a good fight. This is a fight of going back and forth and back and forth. I, I, you probably would wish and pray you'd have like the Tyson spirit upon you that whatever comes your way, you knock them out in 30 seconds and you keep on going in this Christian walk, but that's not the case. There will be some things that the minute you approach, you're going to knock it out and never deal with it again. Praise the Lord for that. But the next battle is going to come right in. You're going to have to put up your hands, your spiritual hands. You're going to have to get on your knees and seek God and fight. You have to fight for your marriage. You have to fight for your children. You have to fight for your ministry. You have to fight for what is good. The Bible says it clear. This is a what kind of fight? A good fight. We are in verse 10 and 11. 
But now, here are the men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow us allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. Very important scripture here. In the Bible, when Moses was leading his people, they had approached a certain land. And in that certain land, these people dwelt. And at that moment, God told them to go a different way and not go through and battle these people. I believe that God told them to go the other way because they weren't strong enough to face them at that moment. But now they're strong enough and God allows them to face them. This is not a challenge that was brought forth by their action. It was a challenge that God brought forth by his. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. He's talking about that story, how they, they were going to invade them, but God said, no. See how thou not, they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. I want to let you know that if it's a God, a God possession, it is a God problem. You are his possession. The Bible clearly describes God as Lord, meaning that he owns you and that you are his possession. That he overpaid for us, but you are his possession. And if you are his possession, you are his problem. And if that makes it his problem, then your problem is his problem. And the Bible says it clearly. He says, the possessions you gave us, they're coming against it. And and they're telling him, look, this is yours. This is what you gave me. This spouse that I walked down the aisle, this is what you gave me. This child that you gave me, this is what you gave me. It is my possession, it is your promise, and it is your problem. This ministry, these pastors, this church, this is what you gave me. It is your possession, and it is your problem. If you could just categorize your battle, his problem. Lord, this is yours. And the people of God are... are, have come to a place of so much trust that they said, Lord, you didn't let us take them out, and now they're coming against us, and they want to take the possession you've given us. I want to let you know that there is nothing that the enemy can take away that God has given you. Absolutely nothing. What God has given you, it's yours. It's through a promise, and it is his possession for you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that it's not yours, and it doesn't belong to you. Or you're going to lose it because that's a lie from the enemy. It's his possession. It's his problem. Today I declare and I thank the Lord that I am his possession. And he bought me at a price. And I am his problem. Can you give God glory for that? Amen. Can you give him glory for that? Amen. Verse 12. I told you we're going to go verse by verse here this morning. Amen. Verse 12. Oh, man. Listen, today, this, reading this verse here today is just going to minister to your soul here today. As you've been following me along here, it says, Our God, will you not judge them? Are you going to do something for us? For we have no power to face this vast army. Have you ever been there? When you've run out of power and there's no might within you. And you may have said the words, Lord God, I have no power to face this battle. Lord God, I cannot fight this. It is too big for me, Lord God. I cannot do it. And that's what they said. I have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. We do not know what to do. 
but our eyes are on you. Come on, man. Jesus. Hallelujah. See, if you've been at a place where you do not know what to do, and you've been in a place where it's been your tears and God and you alone, and there's been no way out, and the anxiety or the depression or the situation is taking you to a point that even questions your own salvation. I'm talking about people who've been at a place where you look at yourself and you say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Where you've been in a battle where you've gotten knocked down and you just don't even want to get up. I like to talk to the real people that are coming to church here today. That want to distinguish and say, it is true, pastor. I've been there before. Well, the Bible says this. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Because you may not know what to do. You may not know what to feel. It might not be fair. It might be painful. But one thing is certain. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. It does not matter if you do not know what to do. God is guiding you. You are his possession. It's one step at a time. You got out of the boat and you took one step of glorious, miraculous action of the Lord. Keep your eyes on him and watch you see yourself walk on water. But you got to keep your eyes on them. <laughs> I have no power, Lord God. I, but I do have eyes. <laughs> and I can see. How many of us love to focus on the things we do not have? You love to focus on the fact that I don't have the strength for this pastor. Well, he's, he, he becomes greater in your weaknesses. We focus on the things we don't have, and many times we, we may not have the strength it takes, but we do have the eyes to see and to place our eyes high above to the hills where our help comes from. So they waited for the Lord. Mind you, the enemy is right behind them. I mean, they are breathing down their necks. You could, scholars and studies show that it might be just as close as when they were crossing the Red Sea, that they heard them. And here they are in the midst of a battle with their life, with their children, with their families. And here comes their enemy. What they're doing is they're praying and they're seeking God and they're being real with God and they're telling God their feelings and they're declaring who God is because they have communion with God. They have a relationship with God. You want a good fight, you need a good relationship. You need a good relationship. I've been married now for 21 years. And I've been with my beloved wife for 26. It's because of the relationship that we have, the friendship that we have, that has allowed us to be here today. Because of all the struggles that have come our way. And for those of you who don't know, we've, we've had many miscarriages, about six in the church. We've had trials and tribulations. We've had horrible pasts and terrible histories and families that have created within us things that are ugly and not good. But I'm here to tell you today that I am where I am today because of the friendship that I have with her. And God is your friend. And you're going to make it through when you realize that he is your best friend. 
And it is him that you could run to and talk to. And as practical as it is, you could cry on his shoulder. Verse 13 and 14, here we go. They waited a word from the Lord. And you're going to see that these names are pretty difficult here. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a descendant, a descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assemblies. Now, this verse here, you may just skip it right along because of the genealogy of it, right? Uh, but it's a very important verse because what God is saying, you know, these individuals here, every generation of these individuals, God answered and delivered them. If you do the study on these people. And the reason why he presented these people before the children of Israel to speak to them, right, is because he wanted to let the people of God know that if he did it for them, <laughs> he's going to do it for them. And, and I thank the Lord and I praise God that, that my generation and my family broke the curse of the enemy. And that I can declare over my children's children that from this point on, they will have nothing but blessings upon their life because we are a generation and a people of covenant. So because he did it with me, he's going to do it with my children's children. <laughs> Verse 15, here comes the word of the Lord. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat. And all who lived in Judea and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Now, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Oh, this is a good fight. This is a good fight. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Do not be discouraged because of what you see with your eyes. Do not be discouraged because of the things that you hear with your ears. Do not be discouraged with the diagnosis. Do not be discouraged with what you see in the relationship. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid with what's going on in the United States and all over the world today. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. Because of everything that I've mentioned may seem too big for us. Look what he says. For the battle is not yours. Come on, look over to the person next to you and tell them that the battle does not belong to you. The battle is not yours. <laughs> Man, I love teaching the word of God. I love sharing the word of God. There's, there's power in this here today. There is power in truth. See, the enemy doesn't want you to see these things or hear these things. Because he wants to make you feel like you've been abandoned or left behind. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. This is a good fight. I hope the next time you say a good fight, you look at it completely different. This is a good fight, this Christian walk. I'd like to share, I just want to repeat this verse just so that my spirit can receive it. In the name of Jesus, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged because of the vast army, what's before you, what you're seeing with your eyes. For the battle is not mine, but it's God's. Man, I'm going to say that one more time. The battle is not mine. You could say that if you want to hear this more. <laughs> the battle is not mine. 
that child, that relationship, Lord God, that you gave me, it is not mine, Father. That job that you gave me, it is not mine, Lord God. It is yours, Father God. That relationship, that ministry, come on, just think about those things. The things that leave you up at night and don't allow you to sleep, those things, they're not your battle. It's hard, those things that are hard, those things that hurt, those things that aren't fair, but it's the Lord's battle. Verse 16 and 17. Oh, my God, this is going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be real good. And it's going to get better right about now. Everybody's been lifting up their spirit fingers and praising God. Hallelujah all day long. Hallelujah. I'm with you. Spirit feet, spirit fingers all over the place. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's going to get real right about now. It's going to get real. So God speaks to them. And now he continues to speak, and he says, tomorrow, march down against them. Well, wait one second. (laughs) Time out here. What did you say? Time out. You said that this battle was not ours. (laughs) Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You want to have to fight this battle. So why why do we have to march down? (laughs) I love this. Because it says, take up your position. Stand firm. And see the deliverance of the Lord that he will give you. God is placing a platform for you to be in the front row, baby. For you to see exactly what God is calling for you to do. To go and face it, but not fight it. I'm here to tell you today that there are things in your life that you must face. Maybe not fight, but you have to face. And you have to position yourself to see God do his glory. So that you can be a witness of his goodness. So that you could be a witness of what he could do. So that you could see that the fact that your battle was so large and so impossible that God made it possible and he's showing you who he is. That's right. Woo. Stand firm. You need to march down. you got to face the problems. You cannot run from those things. You cannot run from your battles. If you run from your battles, you're going to leave unsolved issues there. And you may be scared to face it. Don't be scared to face it. He's going to fight it. And he's going to put you in position for you to watch. I thank the Lord for every moment he placed me in that I was able to watch his hand move on my favor. Think about that. Where God has placed you in a position for you to watch what he's going to do. Man. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord he will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You don't have to fight it, but you have to face it. 
stand firm and watch. Watch God's hand. The piano player here, Tito, if you can come up. Anyone? And this is the moment that I grab the piano and start playing and singing, but I can't. I can't I, the Lord knows what he can give everyone. Pastor, imagine if we could sing, that would be crazy. God knows he can. <laughs> We'd sing everything. We'd sing it all. I'd do some great runs if I could sing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I pray today that you could position yourself where you need to be. Position yourself in a place where you could see God's hand move. There's not one person here who has been hit, who has not faced a battle or a fight. But I want to strengthen you here this morning for you to get up today if you've been hit. If the battle has been so great that it has made your eyes veer from where they need to be. Today, I want to encourage you to lift up your head and your eyes and look unto the hills from where your help comes from. To realize that you have a friend in heaven who loves you. Who's found more value in you than you could ever imagine as he sent his son Jesus to die for you. Today I'd like for you to face your fights. To get in the ring with it. And you might be telling me, Pastor, it's too big. It's, I know. And Pastor, I don't know what to do. I know. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. I know. But get in the ring and face it. Because it will not be you fighting. The Lord will fight your battles. The Lord will fight your battles. Today, I want to let you know that that area that you've lost all hope in, that area that the enemy has you defeated in, I want to let you know here today that it is not your battle and it is God's fight. And despite the fact that you think that God forgot about you, he is right there waiting for you to tag him in for him to get in the ring and fight for you. So today, if there's a fight or a battle that you have been facing, that it is vast, it is great, it might have gotten you by surprise. Maybe today's a day where you got to let go of a fight you're not supposed to be fighting. Maybe God is trying to renew your mind and recognize, hey, remember me before you face your enemy. Who I am. What the truth of who I am is before you go and talk to me about your, your enemy. Wherever you are at here today, if this word has ministered here to you today, despite whatever area as I was talking, I just want you to stand. If that's you, just stand here with me.
I just want you to look around here today, church. I just want you to look around here today. You need safe people in a safe place. And this is how we fight our battles. This is it. Right where you're standing, I just want you to give God glory and just declare who he is in your life. Just come on. Just lift up your voices here and declare his goodness here. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you, God. God, come on, lift up your voices. Oh, you are majestic, oh God, and there is no one like you, Lord God. give us the strength and give us the ability to face our battles you have not given us a spirit of fear but of courage so this morning oh God I thank you for every individual that has stood up and I pray that in the name of Jesus that in their spirit oh God that they could recognize that with you oh God this is a good fight we say yes to that. This is a good fight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we give you glory, Father. Oh, hallelujah. relationship that you have given us Lord thank you for breaking the veil from top to bottom and allowing sinners like us to come right into your presence with courage oh God and boldness that we could look at you and say Abba father daddy that we can look at you Lord and say father I am scared right now and I don't know what to do I don't know what to do but I run to you Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, place your battle before the Lord as we end off here this morning. Place your battle before the Lord here today. Say it by name. Say it by circumstance and by situation here today. Father, bring your peace in your house here this morning. Oh, hallelujah. 
Father, as battles have taken away our peace, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, that you just pour out your peace, Lord God, upon your people, Lord God, that we could breathe again, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we could sigh in your presence, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Bring your peace in this house. Bring your peace on those people that are watching us online. Bring your peace. I thank you for this church thank you for my church thank you for this place and those that you have called to this place I end this service Lord God asking you that this place be a place that is safe and that Father the people that are here can be a people that are safe as well Father, we love you this afternoon. We give you all the glory. Come on, thank him this morning. Give him a, a round of applause here this morning. God, we give you glory. Lift up your voices and thank him this morning. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for your goodness, your glory, and your mercy, and your compassion that endures forever, God. Thank you for your holy word and the power that it possesses. I thank you for what you have done in this place already, Lord God. And we prophesy victory. Can you prophesy that? Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, say that. I prophesy victory in our battles. We prophesy that in Jesus' name, Lord God. Your word says to prophesy those things. And today we declare victory in Jesus' name. And together we all say amen and amen.